Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Rangers, a New York Rangers podcast presented by Blue York on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus, joined as always by my good friend and co-host Cody Frankel. We got a great episode today with Pete Blackburn from Bally Sports, an NHL insider for Bally. A lot of fun, um, definitely a different kind of conversation, uh, a lot of joking around and messing around and stuff, so I think you guys really enjoy that. But before we get into that, we got a lot of Rangers talk this week. Cody, I'm going to kick it off to you, let you kind of start it off. How you doing? How was your weekend? Good, man. My weekend was great. Got some good Mexican food last night. I know we were just <laughs> talking about that. We're, some nice shits we're, this morning. <laughs> exactly. We're, we're, we're big Mexican heads, so we'll have to uh, go to a restaurant before the game that we hit. But uh, weekend was all good. Wife's in Nashville, so had mm-hmm. a nice little uh, weekend with the dog. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was really it. How about yourself? Well, speaking of Mexican too, I think Vince actually tweeted it. Vince Mercagliano tweeted like two weeks ago that MSG got a taco stand. Did you see that? Did they? He tweeted out a picture of like three little tacos at at, at the game. I thought they already had tacos there. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I would never never look to get tacos at MSG. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know how good they would be. I mean, Uh I guess based on... You know who who they're about who they're who's making them, but yeah. If if you go buy all the other food at MSG, they're probably unreal. Yeah, fair. Yeah, fair. I mean MSG I like has MSG. like the best food. Um, but yeah, let's let's like recap uh, the Rangers week. Obviously, this week was kind of chaotic. I mean, we haven't seen them you know lose that badly like they did in St. Louis pretty much all season. But then they come back in Dallas and show a ton of resilience after going down two nothing. Let's start with the Blues game. Um, I actually didn't watch the Blues game because I was at the Islanders game that night. But I did you obviously the Wild game. Did I skip the wild game? The wild game feels like two weeks ago. No, man. That was, that was what, uh, Monday? It all Tuesday. Tuesday, Monday? Yeah. So, Talk about the wild uh, game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it was. it's a week to forget. So anyways, but the wild, I don't know, man. I thought when we tied it up and Mika scored that shorty, we were about to turn the entire game around. Obviously, we, we started off down 2-0. Mm. And then uh, immediately after, on the same power play, Fiala scored. He's so good. Yeah, and, you know, he immediately scored and I feel like it just sucked the air out of the team and all the momentum they were building up. And then from there, it just kind of got out of control. A lot of people blame Georgiev. Listen, he didn't play well, for sure. Um, it's hard to when you're not playing that often. As you know, I feel like Georgiev's the, the type of goalie who needs more in-game mm-hmm. experience to mm-hmm. play better. Uh, so, that was, you know, that's one thing, one way to look at it. He didn't play that well, but I don't think the team played great either. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it was tough to watch. It was tough to watch. And then leading into the Blues, as, as you were saying, I mean, that was a really rough game. Uh, first first game, Sheshti's gotten pulled and a really rough and brutal one from him to watch as well. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed this trend, but all these teams are starting to shoot high on him. Yeah. And especially on his right side, mm-hmm. any top shelf shots on his right side have been going in and i've noticed that the past like week or two 
Um, so I wonder if that's maybe like a blind spot for him or, or, or something like that. But the other thing I wanted to ask you is, and especially since you're close with him, do you think something's up with Fox? He, he hasn't quite looked the same since he's been back from injury. So I, I wanted to, you know, get, get your take on that, um, you know, playing with him and, and stuff. I don't have any insider information if that's what you're asking, but uh, Dude, find out for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously he's not having the Norris season he had last year, but I, I wouldn't say he's like, well, no, been, he was playing at, he was playing as elite as it gets up until he got hurt. And then I think, yeah, listen, he's still been good, but I, I, you know, good from Fox isn't what we're used to. We're used to superb. So he's not like a goal scorer. So, you know, I know he scored his first goal last night, I think in like 32 yeah. games yeah, or Saturday night. But then again, yeah, as, as off, you know, I, I use air quotes off as he may look, I, I think it's just a stretch that, and, and this kind of happens, I feel like throughout the season where like, you know, when, when you're a team that's been winning all year and you're kind of just like gearing up for the playoffs and like looking towards the end of the season, right? you tend to fall off around this time of year and, and not like, you know, not end of the season, last 15 game stretch, but there's that, you know, January, February period after all-star break where it's like, okay, the season's like coming to a close, but we still have this like weird stretch of games where, you know, sure every point matters, but like, you know, this time of year is just a little, like, let's just get through it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, um, that makes sense. And also, I feel like against the Blues that, I, I don't know if you were watching the game, but that uh, Huso save on, on Dryden Hunt was like I mean, a game. It was That was next level. Yeah. And that was like a game changer because if he scored there, I can't remember if it was 2 nothing at that point or what it was. I think it was, it I think it was one nothing. I think it was one nothing. It was either, yeah, it was either one nothing or two nothing, but that would have changed the whole dynamic of the game if that goal went in and would have given us, you know, some mojo and and some uh, hype. So I, I think that changed the whole schematic of the game, and and it was a really freaking unbelievable save. But what's more discouraging about that save too is that like Huso didn't rob Hunt. Like that's like as good as the save was. Well, he didn't like, lift it. He didn't lift the puck. No, no. Hunt shot the puck right back in the same direction that he was in. He had the right. whole other half of the net. Like, right. like Hunt really just kind of choked on that goal. Like, he, he didn't – when you get a pass like that and you have a wide-open net, you're just trying to literally hammer it through the net. Like, you're not trying to place it anywhere. When you see a wide-open net as a player, like, all you want to do is get that shot off as fast as possible because you see the wide-open gaping net. So, you know, being him, like, I, I don't blame him for shooting it where he shot it. I don't think he purposely aimed it there. He just didn't get it where he wanted to put it. But then again, like, when you have a wide-open net like that and you aren't able to finish – like, sure, it's a huge momentum swing for the other team, but it's also just a killer for your yeah, own. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like Hunt is, you know, a top six player or anything playing on our second line or anything like <laughs> that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like if we had a skilled player on the second line, he probably could have shot that in the other direction. But, uh, you know, Hunt is what Hunt is. Now on to the Stars. I, I don't know if you watched this one either, but this was a weird, weird mm. game to watch. I mean... Sheshti let up a goal right away in the first like 40 seconds that you never see from him. It was just a complete softy. And then five minutes in, they scored again. And it looked like we were about to get a serious beat down for the third game in a row. And I was ready to possibly break my TV. We won't go into that. But, um, but then the offense just basically said like, nah, fuck it. Let's, let's kick it. And, and just turned it up full speed and started firing goals and shooting away on all cylinders. And, yeah, I mean, what what's your thoughts on the game? 
Well, that's something I wanted to talk about too, right? Like when things aren't going well for your team, like over the course of two to three games, like, you know, the Rangers got blown out in Minnesota, not blown out, but, you know, didn't have their best game in Minnesota, got blown out in St. Louis, pretty much embarrassed in St. Louis. And then they go to, then they go down to nothing to Dallas. And, you know, there are a lot of teams that are like, oh shit, here we go again, you know, and then just mail it in. But, you know, it was super encouraging yeah. to see the resilience of a team that is, you know, still pretty young and with a goalie that's still pretty young. Like Igor could have easily just fallen apart and that could that game could have turned into another six nothing, seven nothing kind of, you know, or seven two kind of loss. But just showing the the resilience that they had, obviously Kendra Miller's goal was huge. I thought he played really good. Yeah. Um, you know, from from everything that I watched. I didn't watch the full game. Kendra Miller is a guy that's shown a lot of improvement this year and um, you know, maybe his minutes will start to pick up, especially you know, a lot of people are saying that Ryan Lindgren's not playing great. And um, listen, I, I, as even if Lindgren's not playing great, I know him and Fox are super comfortable together. So, you know, I, I don't mind seeing those two just like kind of work together and figure it out. I don't know right. if breaking them up is necessarily the answer. Um, but then again, like, you know, sometimes you got to change things up and just and just see what happens for a couple games, too. It doesn't have to be forever. Yeah. And, and speaking of what we were talking about with Fox before, it kind of leads me to the question you know, Shesty obviously didn't had his second game in a row where he wasn't looking like that elite, elite goaltender we've been seeing all season. So I, I hope he's all good and not burning out either because obviously he's playing so many games and yeah. your gives kind of a liability at this point because you can't give him consistent minutes and consistent starts. So, uh, you know, I, I think Shesty can definitely use this two night break as well. Uh, and then also, did you notice it, it was a really, really rough week for Kreider? He was like negative six on the week and at zero points. Mm -hmm. So that's that's something to kind of keep your eye on because obviously as he's chasing this goal title for the Rangers, it's it's getting kind of close down to the wire. What are we at? 23 games left? Yeah, 23 games. So he would need, yeah, I think 23 games. We played 59. So yeah, yeah, he would need to go on an absolute tear, I think, to uh hit this because he's he's only got 38. But uh, I think at this point for him, like 45 should be the target, maybe 50 if if we're ambitious. But isn't that what I said when you asked me a couple weeks ago? No, nah, I thought you said like he was going to get 65 goals and I was calling you crazy. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> um, um, yeah. But dude, then again, also think about it uh, this way. The Rangers played like five games, I think, in seven nights last week. So like, you know, these right. guys are these guys are tired. And it's not just the Rangers, too, that are like getting screwed with the schedule. Like there's so many games that had to be rescheduled from COVID back in December. Like I, I read something the other day that the Islanders are playing a back to back every week for the rest of the season. That's um, crazy. You know, that's just like how it's going right now. And and listen, we talked about it last week or two weeks ago with evolving hockey. Like maybe Shesterkin should you know, take a couple games off, even if you're give like, listen, obviously your is not the best goalie, but you know, if we deal with the deadline and bring up Kincaid or get somebody who knows, like, yeah. you know, I, I think we've, you know, put ourselves in a position where we're pretty much a lock to make the playoffs. Um, you know, obviously we'd like home ice in the first round, but I think it's more important that Igor is well-rested and Fox is well-rested for a playoff first round series. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. I think it's, it's super important. Uh, I feel like at this point we're, we're pretty much locked in with Pittsburgh unless there's some form of a collapse or Washington goes on an absolute tear. Uh -huh. um, but, you know, that being said, I mean, we can only control what we can control. And, and uh, Gallant obviously has his lines and his, you know, schematics in mind. So we'll just have to really see how that plays out. Like even and, this, uh, even this upcoming week though, I'm just looking at the schedule. There's, you know, another four games in, in five, six nights, you know, it's just, it's just a lot of hockey in, in a very small. What time days period. do we play? We play Tuesday. We play what? Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Four games this week. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, I mean, you know, Georgiev's getting a start either Saturday or Sunday for sure. I, um, I think, I think Igor, I think Igor's starting on Tuesday and Thursday. And I think they're going to rest Igor on Saturday and start him on Sunday. I actually, I completely agree because Saturday's game is not, you know, not a divisional matchup. It's against Tampa. So yeah, I, I would think you can, you know, sacrifice that game a little bit and then try to beat the Hurricanes who are in first place in the Metro. Yep. Yep. That's, that's that. what I'm thinking. And uh, yeah, I mean, that'll, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And Johnny, so who, who would you say on this team right now, watching them all season and, I guess it's pretty much the same core as last season. Who who's mm. your favorite three Rangers on this team? Um, I mean, the obvious one is Adam Fox. Is you know he's just Bias. someone. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. yeah. That's literally I've known him forever. So he's obviously you know my favorite player to watch and and um, you know to see his success. And I've always loved Kreider. I've been a big Kreider fan since. Yeah. You know, the, I, I was actually a huge Kreider fan even before he got to the Rangers. I you know grew up watching the World Juniors yeah. and Kreider was one of the best yeah. players on Team USA when they. Uh, one gold, I think, in 2010 when John Carlson had that overtime goal against Canada. So, you know, yeah. I, and I knew Kreider was a Rangers prospect, so I just like immediately was drawn to him. So I've loved Kreider always. And then, I, I mean, I like I, I honestly love I love watching Lafreniere play. Like I, I think he's such a good like he is just such a smooth, pretty player, and and I love his creativity. And I good only skater, think, right? Yeah, I I think he's a good skater. <laughs> no, I didn't say he's a fast. I didn't say he's a fast skater, but he just uh... like. He looks pretty out there that when he has so a puck. Funny. Vince, yeah. Vince seemed like he was about to crash his car when you said that. No, but I but I think he he took it as I thought like I was saying he's a strong fast skater. I didn't say he's just a I took it know. I took it as you meant he was a a good fast skater. That's no, like, he's just like a pretty like he just looks pretty out there when, like like similar to Matt Barzal. Just but Matt Barzal kiss him. I get it. I get yes, it. I get I do. it. Matt Barzal's a much faster stronger skater but Matt Barzal is also so smooth and so pretty out there like I just right. I love watching guys who are great Jack Eichel too same way like I just love watching guys who just are so smooth on the ice like that I mean like Cabo Caco to me is such a like a choppy skater you know yeah yeah he's also slow as fuck I wouldn't um, say he's slow as fuck <laughs> I think but he's so slow. <laughs> with yeah. my third though I, I would probably say Lafreniere but then again like I, I have really enjoyed watching Raiden Schneider a lot okay all right that's interesting how about that's you <sighs> Okay, so Panarin, similar to what you were saying about Kreider, he mm-hmm. I've always loved watching him on mm-hmm. the Hawks, on the Jackets. I mean, yeah, he's him and Mika like are obviously, he, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, he's he's my my favorite. I I think second would or or even even first now would probably be you said it, Mika. Uh, I just mm-hmm. I don't know. I I know he I know he's streaky and and so on, but I just feel like he brings something to this team when he is hot that even Panarin and Fox and Igor don't bring. And I think he just, you know, he scores those big goals and mm. he comes up in those big opportunities and he's very reliable in that regard, even though he can be streaky at times. But I, I don't know. I just, I, I love him. I love him. So Mika and then third. Now I don't disagree I, I, with you. <laughs> yeah. And, and third, I would have to agree with you. I think Fox, I mean, yeah. the guy's a generational talent. He's seeming like, and, you know, love watching him. And then, of course, I like Kreider. Of course, I like Igor and, and so on. But I think those three would be the the three guys that, you know, I just love on this mm. team. So I think it's more important to say there's no one that I really like don't like, you know, mm, Greg McKegg. Well, maybe. Yeah, he scored, though. Uh, <laughs> technically. Uh, yeah, on the on the Keandre tip. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, I, like this team has just been so you can just tell, like I've said it on, you know, multiple episodes. It's just it's it's a culture now. You know, you can really get a sense of that. And, that, and that's been like so fun as a fan to just see you know, players on a team who just genuinely love each other. You know, it's awesome. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I heard a rumor that it's about to be trade season. 
Yes. Is that true? It's been trade season on this podcast for (laughs) seven weeks now, I think. You say trades? Trades? Uh, what do you got so, going on now? There's something different every week. Jack Rosovic or Mark Scheifele, so, who you got? So speaking of trades, uh-huh. before we get into any final predictions, because uh, for, for our viewers listening, next week we're going to drop our episode on Tuesday yeah. so that uh, you know we can see how the trade deadline pans out. And uh, we'll, re- we'll record it after, after the deadline on Monday night. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the other thing is I wanted to talk to you, Johnny, about who do you think from this team is, is about to be traded and who stays and who goes. So let me just go through a list here and, and tell me if you think they're staying or if you, if you think they're, uh, they're adios. Mm-hmm. So Heedle Stays. Okay. Kravy? Goes. Okay. Longfist? Goes. Zach Jones? Stays. Your lover, Capo Caco. <laughs> Stays. Stays. Stromer. Stays. Our our first round pick and our second round pick. Those are probably gonna go. I, okay. I, I honestly I I don't I really don't think they're gonna be that aggressive. I I, I think I think it's you, getting a little over. I don't think they're gonna be that aggressive, but you basically just said every single person's going. But no, no yeah, that makes sense. I said Kravsov, I said Kravsov and uh and Nils. That was it. And our first and our second. That's a lot of that's not that's ev- a lot of shit. That's not everyone. All right, all right. What and what about Georgiev? I mean, he, I think he's the obvious. Oh, oh. So now you think he's the obvious? He's, okay, no, no, no. I think I, I think, it, I, think I, I, I think that's clear that he's the obvious like number one <laughs> trade bait. No. Yeah, I, I, uh, I pretty much am in line with you. A yeah. few things differ. So I actually think Heedle's getting traded. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Krabby is getting traded, but not now. I think he's going to get moved in the summer. In the summer. Um, I thought he was a lock for a really, really long time, and I think things have just changed slightly and. I, I think Drury hasn't gotten as many bites as he would have liked to from him. And obviously with the whole Russia-Ukraine situation going on right now, I think it's just a little messy. So I think they're going to look to move him in the summer. Mm-hmm. And then I agree with Niels. And then I actually don't think our first rounder is going to get end up getting moved. I do think one of our seconds will get moved. And then I think if Georgiev doesn't get moved, that's a big fucking problem. Yeah. I, I don't even know what you can't keep him on the you got to call up Kincaid I, like I don't you know if he if he doesn't get moved there's no way he should be playing yeah yeah so I think it's I don't even think he like it's clear he doesn't even want to be here I don't think right I, <laughs> I know his death stares mid-game yeah so um, all right so adding adding on to that based on who you just said like what do you think the final predictions will be I know you just said you think it's going to be a little quieter but who do you think we're we're ultimately going to get who's going to be a ranger next week what do you think you know moves I really don't think anything big is going to happen. I really don't. So your prediction of Giroux is, is no, a pipe dream. I, I, I don't think, and I hope I'm wrong. Okay. I don't, I don't think we're acquiring a big name at the deadline. So it might not be what some fans want to hear, but I, I think you're right. I think the Rangers are definitely going to be going big game hunting for offensive firepower and pretty much be involved in every conversation. Uh, but what I do think is nothing's going to come to fruition in getting that superstar, like you just said. Mm-hmm. But I think we're going to pivot to build, rebuilding our third line, which is something that's been a major struggle for this team this year. So I do think we'll make a few trades for that third line. The one name that I will throw out there that I think is actually a possibility is Ricard Raquel. He's the one guy I'll say. Wait, I'm sorry. Who said who said his name on the very, very first episode we did together? You say, you say every trade. You, you, you do all of it. I don't say it. All right. So, yeah. so listen I'm, to this. I'm so, not taking credit for that. I'm just saying no, if, no, if, no, out, no, of, no. out of all the names we've talked about, 
the one realistic guy who I think actually fits that would be, you know, a good guy to to acquire right now is Ricard Raquel. I, I, like he's someone that I think is. So funny you say that. I have done a lot of you know analysis, like whatever this, these past few weeks, and from what I'm hearing and from what I'm seeing, I think the Rangers are down to four guys who I think we're like truly in on and, and uh, two of them might end up being Rangers. Cause I do think we're going to make two moves for our third line. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. like you said, they're all rentals. Some are RFAs and some UFAs, but the four guys I'm thinking that we're down to right now are Lekanen, uh yarn crook on uh, Seattle. On the, yeah. Uh, DeBrusque and then Raquel. Those are mm-hmm. the four that I, I think we're like, Monday, end of day, Drury's going to try and make two of those happen. Um, and, you know, just some reiteration on some contracts and, and, and stats. I mean, DeBrusque has 25 points with 15 goals right now. He's, he's also been hot, though. Those, hot. Those, have, those have come lately. Yes. And he's just under $3.7 million. Mm-hmm. Lekanen has also been incredibly hot and is 28 points with 13 goals and is $2.3 million. Uh, Yarn Crook is 26 points with 12 goals, 2 million. And then Raquel is 28 points, 16 goals, and 3.8 million. So if my hunch is right, I mean, regardless of what he's doing here, you're adding anywhere between 20 to 25 goals on that third line if you get two of these guys. And that's a massive, massive step up from like what our third line's been this year. Right now, based on the last 10 games, our third line the guys who have been playing on it have a total of nine goals. So acquiring any one of these guys, just one of them even is, yeah. is more goals than our entire third line has. So that's kind of the front. You can look at it. And in terms of what these guys will cost, I mean, it's, you know, it's uh it's tough. I, I do think we're going to make additional moves. I think the first move that's going to be made in is going to be a five-year contract extension for Ryan Strom. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to sign him to, I agree. 5.65, 5.7 mil a year. And it's obviously going to immediately stop fans from asking who's our future to see, because whether you like it or not, I think it's going to end up being Ryan Strom, even if it's, you know, not what we all wanted, if it's what we all wanted, whatever. Um, I think move number two is they're going to try and move Georgiev. I hope, mm-hmm. I think he's going to go to the Oilers for just a fourth. We're not going to get any player back in that return. And then uh, for the player proposals, what I had is, and let me know if you think these are on par. I did Matthew Robertson in a fourth for Kelly Yarncrook. Mm-hmm. And then I did Arturi Lekanen for a first and a sixth. I did Jake DeBrusque for a first. And then I did a big trade. And I did Niels Lungfist, Philip Hedl, a 2022 second and a 2023 second for Rickard Raquel and Hampus Lindholm. Hampus Lindholm in that? In that. That'd be a great trade. Double dipping. Yeah, yeah, he's a solid defenseman. Yeah, um, I, I think that I think that would rebuild the third line, and I think it can give us a really well-balanced and a pretty dangerous lineup come playoffs. I mean, you look at our third line now. It's basically been an AHL third line for the most part of the season um, since Kako's been hurt and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. So I think getting one of these guys will be very big, but I think getting two of these guys would just be tremendous for us. I don't know. I would really like Debrusk. I, I would like to have Debrusk. I know you've been, you, yeah. you've been, you've been saying, DeBrusque. I mean, I think any of those four guys would be really beneficial for the team. I know, you know how I feel about Lekin in. I, th- I think he's just really, really hard on the four check and, and he's been scoring a lot of goals lately. I think he has, I think he has like seven points in his, in his last like seven games or something like that. But, um, 
but yeah, I, I mean, DeBrus would be great. He's been hot lately as 15 goals and, and Raquel, like you said, I think he, mm-hmm. I think Raquel's the one guy, I guess DeBrus too, but I think Raquel's like the one guy who you can trade for him and he can go either on our, our second wing or our third wing. And it would change up kind of how this lineup looks and give us a different feel because I think, I just don't know about Kako if he's going to be a goal scorer when he comes back or what the deal is. I think you need to give Panarin a goal scorer on that line. You know, that's that's what we're missing, right? Like Panarin needs someone not that only he can create for, but someone that can create for him as well. Like, you know, he sets up a lot of his own chances and sets up his line mates. But, you know, h- how often do you see Panarin get a backdoor tap in? It doesn't really right. happen. Right. Know? Um, and that's something that he needs. Like Mika gets him all the time. I feel like, yeah. gets, you know, he gets set up all the time. But, Shout out yeah. to Mika, who I called that goal. Yeah, and, uh, no, you're you're money five for man. five for five. I'm opening uh, Cody's daily goal. You're money, dude. You really are. Um, but yeah, you know, obviously next week when we chat, this team could be completely different, or you know, we might not see many changes. But so based on again, that, yeah, go ahead. I was just say one more thing. You have to remember also, this is Drury's first trade deadline. You know, I was so just like, about. Well, that's what I was just getting to. I was yeah. going to say. So based on that, if he fucks this up and doesn't, <laughs> make, and doesn't make and doesn't no, I'm serious. If he makes zero moves, let's say he makes zero moves. What is your thoughts then? Because where I look at it, I understand not wanting to give up the farm and so on. And that's why in all of my trade proposals, you're not giving up the farm outside of the, you know, Hampus Lindholm and, uh, and Rickard or Cal trade. Like all the other ones were pretty, pretty basic. I mean, you were barely even giving up any prospects, mm-hmm. but I look at it. I mean, this guy's been here for, you know, this, this year and, and so on. It hasn't really done that much, but has made a few questionable moves, has made some good moves. What's he supposed to do? No, right. So that's what I'm saying. First year. No, I agree. So what I'm saying is based on this deadline, if he makes zero moves and you have $35 million of cap space, like what's your thoughts on that? Are are you then pissed or or what? It won't be for a lack of trying, you know, I like, I I think it's pretty clear that the Rangers have been in trade discussions, you know, pretty much for most of the season, right? Like there's been a lot of rumors about it. I think he's definitely going to try to make moves, but sometimes they just don't always work out and other teams have better things to offer, you know, like, there's a lot of other teams that are making a push for the Stanley Cup. Like, you know, I, I think Florida is going to make one extra move. Maybe not, though, because for them, like, you know, don't fix but, what's but not the broken. the thing you're forgetting, the thing you're forgetting is out of the 16 teams the in space. playoffs right now, there is maybe four teams, us being included, that have the cap space yeah. to do whatever they want. So that's yeah. the big factor, right? Because mm-hmm. you have Tampa, no space. Florida, I don't think they have that much. I'm not, I'm not positive. Mm-hmm. Um, the Flames already made their big move into Foley, but a lot of these teams don't have space to make any moves. So it's just a matter of how aggressive the Rangers want to get. And and listen, you're saying it's not for lack of trying, but Callie Yarncrook, if you're trading this guy for like a, a fifth and, and a mid-tier prospect, like anybody can get that done. Mm-hmm. And he's available right now. I think the Canadians have have let everybody know that their guys are available and so on. So I just kind of I don't know. I've, I've like come to terms with, we're probably not making a trade before next Sunday or Monday. Mm -hmm. Um, so this week's obviously going to be a rough one for fans, but I just think at least, at least do something to spark this spark, spark the team and, and so on. I, I just think, I don't know how much longer we can kind of float upstream with this third line and fourth line of, of how we currently have it, you know? All I know is every year I get so excited for the trade deadline, and I feel like every year I just. Get I feel with the fucking Yankees, bro. Yeah. Every year they're like, they're like, we're all in on free agents. We're we're about to make moves, and then all of a sudden Boone comes out with the statement like, "Hey, I feel great about uh, yeah. the team we got with the guys we got," and I'm just like, punch me in the face. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 
I mean, have we had any big deadline acquisitions since like St. Louis for Callahan? Truba was off season. Yeah. Truba was off season. I can't think uh, of like our last like big deadline move. Um, obviously Mika was a long time ago, but that was off season too, wasn't it? I believe so. Um, yeah, the, the St. Louis for Callahan one was big. Well, we wouldn't have had any big ones in the last three, four years because we were rebuilding. So there was no need to make a big move outside of like ship. I mean, we've had big seller moves like trading Brady Shea yeah. for a first and, yeah. and moving, moving guys like obviously McDonough and, and, and all those guys, yes, but fast. right. It, yeah. But, um, miss, miss good old quickie. Um, but in terms of like acquiring, no, nah, we haven't, which is why I think yeah. fans are like about to burst yeah. for a move, even if it's not that top tier move that, that we really wanted. But at the same time, dude, I, and I've been telling you this from the start, I don't know if any of these big names are getting moved. Like I think hurdles getting resigned. I think JT, I think the Canucks are, are like two points out of a playoff spot. They have zero reason to sell. So JT Miller is probably getting re-signed or they'll figure it out in the off season. He's the played his guy, way into a new contract. Right. Sure, exactly. Yeah. Like the only guy who I, I think, all right, this dude's probably moving is Giroux. Um, I think, you know, they've, they've talked about it, whatever he's ready to move on. Um, I don't think Kane's moving. I know, I know you, you wanted to talk about that a little bit. Not really. But, uh, honestly, yeah, I don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have no shot at acquiring him. Okay. The, the, the guy has a $10.5 million contract for next year. I mean, the only way we're acquiring him is if we're telling Strom to kick dirt and yeah. basically like, Hey, yeah, let's go all in this year and next year. And then that's the end of our, our ultimate contention window on mm -hmm. for a couple of years until the cap situation figures itself out. So I just don't see that happening. Um, but I do see us rebuilding and, and fortifying that third line. And I think I, I think that would make us a really, really yeah. hard and dangerous team to play against in the playoffs. And this I, team can go far if you get two players on the third line. I agree. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think we've uh, we've rambled on here for a bit, but um, you know, our answers Woo! will be uh, solved. Our, our problems will be solved next week, hopefully. So um, we don't, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on it more a little bit next week. But I think we should send it over to Pete Blackburn. Yeah, really do it. You. All right, we'll send it over to Pete. This week, we're very happy to welcome on one of our favorite hockey personalities, a new friend of the show, the NHL insider from Valley Sports, Pete Blackburn. Pete, what's going on? Hey, how are you? We're good, man. We're good. And right off the bat, I want to ask you something that's been trending, not necessarily in hockey lately, but Calvin Ridley, very stupid move, got busted gambling on the NFL. He's an NFL player for anyone who doesn't know. But the interesting side about this is that a couple of days ago, Connor McDavid, the face of the NHL, partners with BetMGM. If there's a rumor coming out in like a month that McDavid bet on an Oilers game that he didn't play in, how do you think the NHL handles it? Because that guy is not getting suspended for a year. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a good question. I uh, I feel like Connor McDavid is not interesting enough to <laughs> to personally bet on. Uh, and I think that he's been in Edmonton long enough to know not to bet on the Oilers. Mm -hmm. So but even if he uh, did, especially if he's not playing. Well, I was going to say, though, because like for me, I've been trying to figure it out, too, right? Because this is an interesting time in the world with sports betting. I know you're pretty involved in sports betting as well. But, you know, I think in three years, there's going to be NFL players that are partnered with sports books. And, you know, right now we see the face of the NHL partner with one. So how do you kind of separate that boundary between players betting on not necessarily their own teams, but like betting on sports? It's such a weird time oh. to figure out. I feel like it's pretty black and white. It's just you can't bet <laughs> on the games. Like Fair. you can be the face of the sports book without betting on the games. And and like I know there's the argument that like it, it, people were making the argument that you know like 
he well he bet on the Falcons to win and th- like sure that's better than betting on them to lose but mm. it's also you know you 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 can throw or shave points without like causing your team to lose you know like mm. you can prevent your team from hitting the over or you can prevent cover the, you can bet on your team to like cover the spread or not cover the spread and like still mess with the numbers and you're kind of like you're still in a position where you're compromising the integrity of the game and the integrity mm-hmm. of like betting for everybody else. So your bet, your best bet is to just not be involved <laughs> if you're a player. So yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I feel that. Yeah. And, and I actually just wanted to jump in here, Pete, uh, Johnny kind of skipped over it a little bit, but can you just go into a little bit more about what you do? I know you work for Bally, but would love to know some more. Uh, yeah, my, I mean, my role is pretty, uh, like multifaceted. I write for the website. I do uh, TV for Bally regional. I do TV for stadium. Um, I do like digital video. So I'm kind of across the board, uh, hopefully podcast soon. Um, but yeah, pretty much like a little bit of everything I'm getting steadily away from writing in like favor of doing more multimedia stuff, like with yeah, uh, awesome. TV and in video and stuff, which I'm very happy about, but I will always be writing a little bit. Um, but yeah, all across the board for Valley. You also awesome. might need to be a personal stylist for NHL players. What do you mean? Don't you do like power rankings for their style? I do not. That's Sarah Sivian. Well, I thought, I thought she got that off of you though. <laughs> no, I, I, I do like a lot of, I do like a lot of, uh, like style stuff for, um, for like jerseys and, okay. and stuff like that, but not, not like casual off ice style. But what are your favorite NHL jerseys then? I mean, not blowing smoke. The Rangers are, the Rangers have awesome jerseys. Yeah. Um, I, I think like my favorite Jersey ever is the original mighty ducks Jersey. Um, that, that Jersey's legendary. Yeah, kind of a basic so answer. It is a basic answer, but <laughs> It's super popular because it's like so universally beloved. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think like if the King, if there were like a few teams that would go back to like their reverse retro styles, like if the, King, if the Kings went to uh, the purple and gold, yeah, like sick. Um, mm-hmm. the Chevron logo that they have, like those are unbelievable. That would be like a easily a top top tier jersey in the league those are so nasty i'll actually i'll blow smoke right back because i actually think the bruins black jersey with just the b on it like that yet like i think they wore it the other night i think that uniform is so gross too i hate it you do (laughs) yeah i think it's it's so boring really yeah like i like the the template of it i don't like just the b i like the Mm. smoke b always unless they're gonna do uh like a, a meth bear third. Uh, huh. The meth bear is my favorite, favorite logo. I love it. I want it on the shoulder patch again. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I have a ton of jerseys here. I'm a huge Jersey guy. So um, my favorite Bruins Jersey is the 80 style, which I have, I have a Charlie McAvoy one um, oh, and it's, it's, it's awesome. So like I, I, I have insider information that the Bruins are going to be going back to those jerseys, I believe for their centennial season in 2024. Uh, so I think that they're going to go with the 80 style Jersey and then they're going to have the reverse retro as the third. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how many, how many different teams jerseys would you say you have? Uh, just hockey. Yeah. 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 Just hockey. Just hockey. I would say like probably like 15 to 20. Uh, and it's growing because I'm doing this thing now where every stadium that I visit, I'll buy a Jersey from the pro shop. Just bought, uh, 
Kings won this weekend, and like a month and a half ago, I bought a Rangers jersey. Tried very hard to find Brian Leach, yeah. and I couldn't <laughs> get it. So it's hard to find jerseys in the pro shop that are small enough for me. To <laughs> I'm a small guy. Do you have a Kraken one? I do not. I, t- I, I was like pretty high on those jerseys to start with, uh, I like but I've, I'm like pretty lukewarm on them now, and I think that they look worse in person because they're so dark. They're way darker than I expected. Uh, like they're very, very dark blue. I, I want to piggyback on the jerseys thing too because I kind of – all right, so I, I haven't bought a hockey jersey since I was in like tenth grade. The like jersey that I wear to every Ranger game is a so winter dirty. classic. It's a winter classic Artem Anisimov jersey right here. There it is. That's a uh, nice jersey, though. Yeah, it's a nice jersey. But I don't know if you feel this way. I mean, maybe maybe it's just because like uh, you probably know a lot of guys in the league too. But I I feel so weird about like buying kids jerseys that are like younger than me. I don't know. I just there's so no, about it. Doesn't bother me. Uh, like I just—I mean, like it's—it's it's weird. I mean, it's weird to be like obsessed with a player that's like younger than you or whatever. But like yeah. that's—that's that's what we signed up for. Like, if you're a sports fan, you're signing up to support like these dudes and the team. And it's not like it's not like you're you're going to going to war with this dude yeah. if, who's like 20 years old or whatever. It's like you just respect them as a player. So it doesn't bother bother me to do that. It's weirder when you like put yourself on the back of the jersey. Sometimes when I just like look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, why am I yelling at Capo Caco? Like, I'm just like, dude, I'm, I'm a loser. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> I have, yeah. um, speak, speaking of like putting yourself on the back of the Jersey, I've, I have like a few of like Blackburn jerseys just from like promo stuff that have, mm. uh, that have been sent. Like I, the Disney plus sent me a, um, like a district five ducks Jersey with oh, Blackburn cool. on the back. Mm. And like, it's my favorite Jersey ever that I own. And you can't wear it. It's like, I don't know if I can wear this in public. <laughs> like, what, what am I going to be the asshole that shows up somewhere with my own Jersey? So I, I, I'm like finding ways to display it around the house and, and do it, do it that way. Yeah, there's yeah, nobody better. worse than like that 40 year old dude that wears the Ranger jersey with his name and number and the C on the front, too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah I'm the captain, baby. We've <laughs> lost us at least 50 viewers. Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, circling back to what I was saying about the Kraken before, I wanted to uh, talk about, you know, do you think the league should be having an, an, another expansion draft anytime soon? And if they do, where do you think the next city should be? Uh, I think that you're probably pretty set at 32 teams. Um, like I wouldn't want to see the league expand beyond that. Uh, like I, I'm more of a fan of, of, uh, like making the league smaller than, than watering down the product. But, uh, I hope it sticks at 32. I do think that there's probably going to be like relocation at some point. And, uh, you know, if it's, you know, maybe it's Arizona, maybe it's one of these other teams that isn't isn't doing super hot or, you know, Calgary or something who can't strike an arena deal. Uh, you know, I, it, I think it depends on, on which team is, is moving. Uh, it probably makes a difference on where they end up, but I know there's been talk about like Houston getting a team. It's been talk about uh, like another team in Quebec. Uh, I'd like to see like a, like a Portland, Portland get a team. Cause they, they show out for the teams that they do have. And they always seem to, you know, perform pretty well. And obviously with the, with the, uh, the trailblazers, they have, they have an arena that they could multi-purpose. Um, and then like, you know, I'm a huge Austin guy. Um, and I would love to see an NHL team in Austin. I don't know if it's like the makes the most sense, but Austin is an awesome place. And it's like one of my favorite cities in the world. And if they had a hockey team, I would hundred percent move there. 
It is my favorite city, probably, you know, definitely in the country. I mean, I've been there like five times. I lived in Texas for like two years, but they, I don't know. I don't know how they do with the fans with the Texas Stars because they have the AHL team there. Right? Yeah, I don't. I didn't mean to disrespect the, the Texas <laughs> by saying that yeah. if they had a hockey team, but like yeah. they need an NHL team. If they had an NHL team, I'd move there. Yeah, no, yeah, that'd be sick. Also, Portland Loki is a really big soccer fandom. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, to show up for the teams that they do have. And, you know, it's a, it's a great area. And now that you have a team in Seattle, like you can have geographical rivalries over there and then yeah. Vancouver and mm -hmm. uh, like they, there's it could work there. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, I think I'm also set at 32. I, I would hate I, I just like even teams more than not, I feel like. And and also I think uh, Houston would be really cool. It's, I feel like it's the only super major, major city in the U S that doesn't have a hockey team right now. So I don't know how Houston would do with hockey though. I, I don't see it. Huge market. So they just have yeah, six, but, like one of the biggest cities in the country, but I feel yeah. like, I feel like the rock, I mean, the Rockets suck this year. Like I'm a big NBA fan also, but I feel like the Astros and the Texans get like, I, I just, I just don't know how it would, it would go. I mean, Dallas, I guess has a really good hockey, you know, I guess fan turnout. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it obviously like depends on how you run the team and, and you know, how you how you win fans over. But like mm -hmm. they would have a shot. They'd have a fighting shot. But speaking of uh, basketball a little bit, too, I, I'm a huge like I just said, I'm a huge NBA fan, diehard Knicks fan, um, which sucks. But I I actually love what they've done the last year with the play in games. I like I don't know if that's something the NHL would embrace, but I think it'd be so cool if you had. I mean, what could be bad about like an eight versus nine, nine versus or seven versus eight, nine versus ten, like game seven type of atmosphere to get into the playoffs? I mean, that'd be so sick. Uh, it would it would be like with, you know, any game seven winner take yeah. all is like unbelievable atmosphere, no matter what sport we're talking about here. But the the unpredictability and the randomness that goes into any NHL game is just like off the charts. Mm -hmm. Like the, the the Arizona Coyotes have beaten the yeah, uh, Colorado Avalanche yeah, yeah. twice this season. So right. like you're talking about a single game here to get into the playoffs. I would, I would kind of hate it. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I, let, I had enough problems with the, uh, the, uh, the idea of doing a best of three uh, for the bubble mm -hmm. and, or was it best of best of three or best first five? round? The first round was, Oh no, it was best of five. It was best of five. No, no, no. First is three. We got, we got, are you sure? Uh, we lost, we lost no, three no, games right, in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We lost three. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I just wanted to forget. Um, <laughs> best of five. Like I had enough problems with that being like, okay, you drop like a couple right off the bat and you're are already like up against the wall mm -hmm. and hockey's just so unpredictable and like random. And that's part of the reason why I love it. But it's, I think that I would, I would hate a, uh, like a one game play in. Yeah. I think I'm right there with you. And you know, one game play in is, is tough enough for me. I'm a big baseball fan. And I saw the other side of the spectrum when the Yankees lost in, uh, you know, but, um, I hate it for baseball only yeah. because you're playing a 162 game season yeah. and then so boiling it down to one game. Yeah. But those games are so much fun from a, like an entertainment perspective. Yeah. I mean, the Yankees made it quite a few times in the last five, six years, and they've won every single time in the one-game playoff except this year. But seeing the other side of the spectrum sucks. So yeah. I'm right there with you. And uh, I, I also I had a question circling to big games. Uh, so what cup matchup this year do you think would be the best for NHL viewership as a whole and for the game of hockey? And 
what cup matchup would you personally love to see? Uh, unbiased. Best, unbiased. No bias, uh, yeah. I mean, like, I think for the sake of, I'm probably like more intrigued in the, the, uh, like the conference finals matchups mm-hmm. potentially. Um, it's like, unfortunately the, the playoff format has limited, like I would love to see I a Tampa, it. Florida, Eastern conference final. Mm-hmm. That would be unbelievable. Uh, but like, I, I think like in terms of ideal Stanley cup matchup, I would love to see like Tampa versus Colorado, uh, mm-hmm. like two unbelievable teams. And then you've also got like the idea of as much as I would hate to see the same champion three years in a row like it's cool to be able to say that you've seen you know the uh, a three-peat champion for the first time since the 80s like it's a cool thing to be a part of and it's special for league history and then like colorado's team that that obviously everybody's looking for to take the next step there they've been unbelievable this year uh just i don't think they've this was the first week that they've lost consecutive games since november early november which is Mm -hmm. out of control uh that team's just like off the charts insane so uh, those are probably the ones that I would look at, but I'm also looking at like Colorado versus Calgary as a possible, like Western conference playoff matchup because they played over the weekend and that game was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was gonna say the funny thing about Tampa too, and Cody, you'll, you'll appreciate this probably more than Pete would, but the one fucking thing that Islander fans hang their hat on is that they won four cups in a row. So if Tampa gets a third in a row. Islander fans are going to be sitting pretty tight, uh, you know, next season with Tampa having the chance to get a fourth yeah. cup in a row. That's literally the one thing that Islander fans say, like over Ranger fans. And even like last year, like Ranger fans were kind of salty. The Islander fans got to the conference final, but like, I don't know, man, I like growing up on Long Island and being a Ranger fan, Islander fans are just so annoying. Well, talking about last year, like I love the way that they did it last year with the uh, the reseeding of the final four, like opening up the potential cup matchups, I thought was awesome. I, I want mm-hmm. them to continue doing that rather than just sticking to east to west. Like last year, my big dream was to see the Bruins play the uh, the, the the Habs in the, the Stanley Cup final. And unfortunately, the one I thought the Bruins had a better shot of getting there and they, they yeah. didn't. And yeah, Montreal <laughs> did. But like. I would be so down for like a Bruins Leafs Stanley Cup final, Bruins uh, have Stanley Cup final. Like think about like ra- a possible Rangers Islanders Stanley Cup final, like these teams that have these, you know, more storied rivalries because they play each other more during the regular season. And you're opening up the possibility of that being in the Stanley Cup final. That's awesome. So would you rather a one to 16 ranking like playoff system? Yeah. No, I mean, not necessarily just like because of that, like, mm-hmm. uh, like I want one through eight for the conferences. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. and then like reseeding the final four based on, on like regular season point standings. Yeah. I wonder how they would do that. Yeah. I mean, I, well, I guess you like, obviously the, the standings, but I feel like there's such a disadvantage sometimes too. Cause I feel like the East is so much stronger than the West right now. Yeah. But you'd still have two, two and two from, from each because you'd play the first couple of rounds. Um, like with Eastern and Western Western mm. Conference structure, but then you would take those the the two teams from the East, the two yeah. teams from the West, and then reseed them uh, based on how they finished points wise in in the regular season. So yeah, you still yeah. you'd still ultimately end up with two and two, mm. but then you could end up with the the Eastern Conference versus Eastern Conference, Western Conference versus Western Conference in the uh, the, the actual final. I think it'd be kind of cool if you did East West versus East West. Yeah, and they got to make it one through eight. I I th- I just think the the system right now is not really working. I feel like any any scenario this year, however it plays out, no matter what we're playing Pittsburgh, <laughs> based on based on how it is. So 
So Johnny and I last week uh, started a pretty fun segment of our show. He's already laughing at me. So uh, we're, we're uh, making it a weekly thing. So not very original. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Pete, you're a GM and you can fuck, kill and marry three players to be part of your future core. And you're giving out a 10-year contract extension. These guys are all 23 and 24 years old. So who are you going with out of Matthew Kachuk, Alex Debrinkat, or Pierre-Luc Dubois? And a little further context on this is, you know, if you're killing them, obviously you're passing on the guy. If uh, you're, you're fucking the guy. You're fucking you're him. <laughs> With the intentions of, you know, he'll be part of your team, but at some point he might get traded or you might buy him out down the line. And then if you're marrying him, this guy is, you know, your captain, he's your staple, and he's not really movable for, for the full 10 years. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll pass on uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, mm-hmm. which uh, mm-hmm. is, is tough because, you know, I, he, I think he's a good player, obviously, and yeah. uh, he plays down the middle, very valuable. Uh, I'll have to bring it just based I, you know, he's an unreal goal scorer. Um, yeah. But, you know, obviously – undersized which i love personally uh near and dear to my heart mm-hmm. but I, I think that like full skill set wise i'll probably hang on to, to kachuk just based off of the rarity of like that type of player i mean he's obviously very skilled but he plays tough and he's a guy who gets under opponent's skin like as a as a brad marchand worshiper like that's the kind <laughs> of guy that i want yeah. it's a rare piece it's a rare commodity to have all of those things in one package and it just seems like a guy that like would be awesome to build your team around. Yeah, this might be like a first time in history because me and Johnny had the exact same responses yeah. to the exact same thing. Like same same thing with we just think Kachuk all around is not that he's a better player, but he bring like they're all very all similar, but he just brings more to the table and he's physical and and you love that about players and then obviously scoring goals as well. But I do think DeBrin gets probably the best natural goal scorer. But I, I had the the same answers. And Johnny, I think Kachuk, you did too. Kachuk is the only player out of those three who has literally broken an opponent's brain with, with Drew, <laughs> Drew Doughty yeah. repeatedly. Yeah. It's yeah. unbelievable how much space Matthew Kachuk takes up in Drew, Drew Doughty's mm-hmm. brain. Just free real estate since the <laughs> second he entered the league. And yeah. Kachuk doesn't show like any frustration towards Doughty. It's like, no, it's the best. It's the most wild it's thing best. ever. Wait, but let's give you the same question, but a harder one and a biased one. Same exact question, Marshawn Bergeron Pasternak. Oh man, uh, <laughs> like like right now or are we no? Like, like they're they're all like, like in their prime. Okay, they're all in their prime. I mean, Patrice Bergeron, uh, absolutely marrying. He's the perfect player, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he's he's everything that you want, and so, like he's got it all across the board. He's handsome. He's unbelievable. <laughs> Uh, like he's the best defensive player and like the best defensive forward in the history of the league, basically. Um, and you know, I, I think F Marshand because he's he's like an elite goal scorer, elite offensive player, very, very, very good defensively because he studied at the Church of Bergeron for his entire career. Mm. Uh, and like as much as it pains me to say it, but like Pasternak's not the the well-rounded player that the other two are. Yeah. And like he's an elite offensive player, but he's somewhat weak and, and susceptible defensively. And and one one final version since you know, we are <laughs> we should keep we doing are, these rest of the show. <laughs> the rest of the pod. This is just the the podcast. <laughs> what uh what about Igor Shesterkin, Adam Fox, and Artemi Panarin? That's a really good one because like a week ago I tweeted like it's it's very cool that the Rangers have had a legitimate heart candidate 
in three different players in three straight seasons at three mm. different positions. Oh man, that one's so hard. <laughs> it's gonna break your brain. <laughs> yeah, it's. I guess like it depends on what. Like you're 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 obviously taking them at the height of their powers. Yeah, correct. Um, correct. All all prime. And they're all I so mean, important in like such different Igor ways. Igor and Fox are in their prime, and I mean, I guess I yeah. guess is too. Not not probably, far off. Yeah. Um. Shit, that's a, such a tough one. Oh man. So like, assuming that that like Igor is going to be this. Like if I'm taking him at the height of his powers, but you, I, oh, all right. So here's the deal. All right. So I'll take, I'll take Adam. <laughs> this is such a hard question. I'll take Adam Fox, uh, as the Mary, just because okay. like you need that, that like number one defenseman, like a Norris caliber defenseman. That's just such a luxury to have. And he's obviously an unreal facilitator, mm -hmm. uh, on the blue line. I will F Igor. Uh -huh. And I, the only reason that I didn't marry Igor is because of your classification that like you are stuck with this guy for like 10 years yeah. and goaltending is just so hit or miss. And I know that you're saying that like you're getting him at like the tide of his power and in his prime, but like there have been goalies that have been in their prime and they've just like kind of waned, gone up and down. Like, I mean, like Connor Hellebuck this year, like the past two years, Connor Hellebuck's been, been unbeatable. And this year he's, he's looked like pretty average and like, obviously he's, behind it like not a great defense but he hasn't mm -hmm. been behind a great defense in years and he still looked unbelievable so goaltending is pretty unpredictable so that's the reason why i'm i'm okay with just marrying him or uh, just effing him because <laughs> uh because like goaltending is so so goddamn important that like to have a guy like igor you guys know it, it changes yeah. the entire outlook of your franchise that the entire like trajectory of your team in the, yeah. any, in the course of any given season so like that's a guy that I absolutely want, but I don't know if I want to lock him in for ten years. Um, okay. And then for Panarin, it's just like odd man out because Panarin's unbelievable. But well, piggybacking off of that, you tweeted the other day about Igor, you know, being the heart candidate. I mean, can you kind of elaborate on that? Because you know we talked about it a little bit prior to recording. Um, you know, just as far as a goalie playing the entire you know out course of the game. Yeah, I mean, goalies obviously typically don't win heart. Like, they have to do something incredibly special to to top out, like, a forward that has these sexy numbers and uh, they play every game or whatever. And, you know, that's been the argument that I've seen against Igor. It's so, like, you know, he only plays in 66% of his games. Like, goalies never win. But, like, my pushback against that is he's got a – it's mid-March. He's got a save percentage over 940. He – his goal saved above average is above 40 in like, I think he's got like 30 something games uh, to his, yeah. his name. Mm -hmm. And the next highest uh, uh, mark and goal save above average is like 21. So he's almost doubling yeah. goals saved above average. Any other goalie in the league, he, and then like for the argument that he doesn't play every game, it's like, Okay, but he plays 60 minutes in the games that he does play, and we all know how important goaltending can be. So if you have a goaltender that's that much better than everybody else at the position, and like you in, in context, you look at what's happened to the Rangers and like where the Rangers are this year, you cannot make the argument that this team would be in the same spot with without Igor. Like that the numbers without them, they they have a losing record without him. Mm -hmm. And like he's very clearly carrying this team to like above expected results and 
it's, I, I mean, if we're talking about most valuable, he's the most valuable to me. And like, I, and again, like if you're making the argument that like the, the your counterpoint is uh, like how many games he's played, I, I would also say like, well, if he's that important to your team, you don't want to run him into the ground before the playoffs. So like, he's obviously going to get nights off. Mm-hmm. And so like, as long as he plays like 50 games, 45, 50 games, and he, and he keeps up those numbers. I'm fine with making him my heart pick. Yeah, and I'm right there with you. I think at this point, for me at least, it's Igor and Matthews and then everybody else. Uh, There's obviously a lot of good candidates, but I just feel like Igor is playing out of his mind. And I did see a stat the other day that tonight, if he's, um, you know, uh, against the Wild, if he saves 32 out of 34 shots, which is still a very, very good game. His save percentage goes down. So that's just like crazy to think about. Yeah, That's outrageous. Mm-hmm. Also, that probably won't happen because the Wild have been playing absolutely atrocious yeah. hockey recently. Although this is the, that's a dumb thing to say on a podcast that is not coming out immediately. So <laughs> <laughs> It's coming out Monday, so it won't be that outdated. All right, yeah. well, the, the yeah. Wild have been playing atrocious unless they haven't been. Yeah. So. Unless that changes. But I actually, I think the Rangers are going to beat them tonight. But to your point too, Cody. Tonight, anyways. But about oh yeah, Gorgio's playing tonight anyway. But about Matthews too being the MVP and something that I think there was a lot of argument last year with Fox winning the Norris is that if you vote for Matthews to an MVP and the Leafs don't make the playoffs, like how is he an MVP? He's not because the Leafs aren't a guarantee to make the playoffs right now. And I think that was an argument last year with Fox. But in that sense, when you're the most valuable defenseman to a team that like isn't a playoff team, I think it just makes your points like that much better because, you know, Victor Hedman, as great of a year as he had, he's on the Tampa Bay Lightning with Kucherov, Stamkos, and all these guys that, you know, are the Stanley Cup champions. And what Fox did, you know, on a team that can't make the playoffs, I think is even that much more impressive. So I think like to your point with Igor right. carrying a team, you know, that that probably shouldn't be here. I think that makes it even that much more valuable. Can't argue yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like that was why McDavid was such a slam dunk for Hart is because Uh like not only are the numbers outrageous and he's so much better than everybody else, but, you know, you also look at at what that team would be without him and like how that team performs when he's not on the ice. It's just like the biggest home run. Uh, The uh, unfortunately for goalies, you you don't really have like the the sample of like what what they look like not on the ice because they're on the ice for the entire game. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have the record with them out when like they sit. And I think that that works in, in, uh, in Igor's advantage. So, you know, count, count that for uh, a point in Igor's corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. Pete, if you could go back in time and witness any one NHL moment in history and have a front row seat to it, what would it be? It has to be NHL. NHL. I guess it does, doesn't sound like you want it to be. <laughs> I know. I, I would have picked like Miracle on Ice. Mm-hmm. That would That's have fair. been probably the oh, one. Oh, okay. Okay. Hockey moment's fine. But okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I probably would pick Miracle on Ice because I, I mean, I, I love like the international yeah. game. I love the Olympics. And like, obviously, that's. You know, that's the the one that like stands out to everybody and mm. is just like the yeah. incredible it's upset. It's de- that's definitely one that I would that would choose. Is that your favorite movie? Uh, it's, it's up there for sure. Like that's a, it's a, I've watched that movie probably more times than any other sports mm. movie I've ever seen in my life. Same, same. He's a Boston guy though. He probably loves like, that's my boy or happy Gilmore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what's wrong with happy Gilmore? Come Nothing. On. Those are my favorite movies. That's why yeah. I said it. Yeah. Those are my favorite. His is probably the town, which is a great movie though. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it's a great sports movie. It takes place at Fenway. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's my boy. So does Ted. Ted takes place at Fenway too. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to kind of. And flip fever. around what's up fever pitch right 
Yeah. 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 I think that takes, I think that's Fenway. Um, I'm going to kind of like rearrange Cody's question. And if you could like change the outcome on one game, like in, you know, history, I guess, of the NHL or, or maybe even, you know, international game seven of the 2018 Stanley cup final, like ah. Bruins beat the, beat the blues. I, number yeah. one, number one, I was there. I would have got mm-hmm. to see them raise the Stanley cup. Like that would have been that seven? bucket list. Yeah. I was at game seven. Mr. Was, your heart out. It was awful. I was also at game five with the Achari trip game. And yeah. that also ripped my heart out. And there are very similar games. <laughs> it's tough. Um, but yeah, that's one I would choose. Um, one, because I was there. Number mm-hmm. two, because like Tuka Rask is one of my favorite Boston athletes, favorite mm-hmm. Bruins of all time. And he just gets like the craziest, most unfair hate from Bruins fans who like always there's just like this huge segment of Bruins fans that think Tuka Rask is overrated and like he can't win a big game. And he had an unbelievable playoff run during that playoffs. And, you know, obviously it didn't didn't go well uh, down the stretch. And, and like he was oh he was outdueled by Jordan Bennington, but like he still had a really really good playoffs and still had a really good uh, Stanley Cup final. Uh, I was I wanted that one so bad for him. Mm. Like I wanted it so bad for him to just like be able to shut all those people up and right. uh, oh, yeah, like cement himself as a great. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And so like Tuca lost uh, lost 2013 13, yeah. and in two, 2019 or is it 2018? One of those. 2019. Two. 2019. Feel your pain, yeah. man. We feel your pain. We wanted one for Hank. Yeah. Like, yes, it's the same thing. Like it, Tuca to me is almost the same as like Lundqvist in like. Ah. In, I mean, like, I think that Lundqvist was like. I get what you're saying, but he's yeah. just not close. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, I mean, like, I think that like Lundqvist probably like. Uh, I don't know. Like, it might be closer than you think. <laughs> like, but like in terms of the the common criticism, like he can't win the big one or whatever. Mm. It's like, yeah, yeah, but like, yeah. you see the defenses that Lundqvist played behind, and yeah. uh, like that guy tried his best, and you obviously want him to win one to sort of like have that as part part of his legacy the difference there though is that like all rangers fans fucking love henrik lund <laughs> yeah there's no argument there <laughs> bruins fans it's very split that like a lot of them love to Rask and a lot of them think that like he's overrated yeah i actually i thought you were gonna say the 2013 game six game with the blackhawks scored those last no two i goals. can swallow that one because no the but blackhawks dude the better team the blackhawks as, the better team that year. as hockey fans though we got gypped of what would have been an unreal game seven well, yeah, for sure. Like that. Yeah. I, yeah. Everybody wanted that game seven. It was two really good teams, but like that one, I was totally okay being like, all right, Bruins lost the better team. Uh, like obviously the Blackhawks went on to be like a very uh, modern day dynasty essentially. Mm-hmm. And like, you can swallow that the, losing to the blues was so tough because the Bruins had like the easiest possible road to get to the Stanley cup, to win the Stanley cup. They got there, uh, they were better than the blues. And I think that they, things just like the wheels really just fell off and they lost to a worse team and it killed me. I I lost so much money in that game. Yeah, (laughs) I feel you completely. Cause I, that's how I feel like the 2014 cup, we were by far the better team than the Kings. And they just had, I think they were the eight seed or the six seed or something. And they just had a crazy run and just, yeah. And they just play a style. They just play a style that suffocates you and beats the hell out of you. And then you lose that in seven game series. It's how it works sometimes. It sucks. Yeah. I mean, I like if I could change one outcome for Ranger, you know, Rangers thing in history, it's that Dan Girardi turnover in game one of the final. Like if he doesn't turn that puck over to Justin Williams, like I think if the Rangers win game one of that series, dude, like 
I think, I, I, I think they come home up two nothing in that in that Dude, series. For I me, do. it would actually be the next year, Game Seven against the Lightning, Tampa. when we lost one nothing because I think that team was way better than our our uh, Cup year team, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I I think they could have taken it that year if they won Game Seven there in the Eastern Conference Finals, but yeah. Tampa. But uh, Pete, this was awesome, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks really for having appreciate me. It. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.